Leaders in AI is produced by Robinly, a content platform and community empowering the next generation of AI leaders and entrepreneurs. This episode is a recording of an interview with Professor Li Wei Wang that took place in NeuroIPS 2019 Vancouver. Li Wei Wang is a professor in the Department of Computer Science and Technology at Peking University. His research interests include machine learning, pattern recognition, and differential privacy. Professor Wang has published over 60 papers in top-tier machine learning journals and conferences since 2002. He has been recognized among AI's 10 to watch list by IEEE. We're here at NeuroRips 2019 with Li Wei Wang from the Peking University. Welcome, uh, Li Wei. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, so three of the papers that you advised got accepted by NeuroRips this year. Is there any paper that you would like to highlight? Yeah, we have three papers and uh, two of them are spotlight papers. So the spotlight papers uh, uh, selected around the top 10% of the papers among all accepted papers. But I'd like to mention the other one, the poster. And in that paper, actually, we solved the 10-year open problem in online learning the area. So we fully uh, solved uh, this uh, open problem. It's a very interesting uh, result. And what's the contribution of this paper <coughs> to research? Yeah, so uh, for, for this paper, our contribution actually um, give a new algorithm that can learn if the data comes online. So it's an efficient algorithm and, and so many uh, practical uh, uh, applications more efficiently than before. Right. And as an expert in machine learning and pattern recognition, you've contributed to a book on machine learning and differential privacy. Um, data privacy, of course, is a hot topic um, for all of us. What are the limitations of the current technology? Yes, privacy. I've been working on data privacy for more than 10 years. So before that, 15 years ago, there are also a lot of works on data privacy. But the, there's a critical problem among all these works. There's no clear definition. What is data privacy? And what do you mean by privacy is preserved? So there are many works, but all of them are heuristic algorithms. So one day, some guy invented an algorithm. They say, okay, this algorithm uh, protects uh, privacy. But the other day, another guy, smart guy, invented the attack algorithm. And they attacked the, the privacy-preserving algorithm. So this is because there's no clear definition of what is privacy. But in 2006, there's a breakthrough. It, there comes a new definition of called differential privacy. This is a very rigorous definition of privacy. If you design an algorithm and prove that it, it protects differential privacy, then nobody, whatever the computational power it has, no matter the prior knowledge it has, you can't break the privacy. The privacy is preserved. We can assure about that. So after 2006, most of the works on the data privacy area builds on the data differential privacy. So this is a breakthrough, a big step ahead. But there, there are also limitations in the area of 
differential privacy. Of course, it's very rigorous, but it requires we need to inject a lot of noise to the data to protect the privacy. That noise hurts the utility of the data itself. So this is a limitation about the current technology. Right. How can you see us better preparing to solve this problem? Yes, yes, this is a very good question. I think one way is to find out if there are other good definitions of privacy. Differential privacy is one possible definition, but there may be other good definitions of privacy. So on the one hand, we can protect privacy. But on the other hand, we still have very good utility from the data that we want to use for machine learning or uh, other statistical purpose. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the trends and challenges of machine learning in China that you've observed in the past 10 years? Well, well, in the past 10 years, actually, there's a lot of changes. Uh, 10 years ago, NeurIPS, at that time it's called MIPS, uh, was in Vancouver too. Uh, I, I was here uh, in 2009, uh, NeurIPS. At that time, I clearly remembered only 1% of the attendees are from China. But now, in after 10 years, a lot of Chinese people here in Europe. And uh, 10 years ago, maybe only four or five papers from China, but now a lot of papers. So in the past 10 years, AI and machine learning really developed very fast in China. Many uh, students, young faculties, also, researchers in the industry, in many companies, they are doing AI-related works. It grows very fast. I also want to mention industry. I think machine learning and AI uh, have many applications very quickly. So as soon as there is a new technology, it becomes a product and applied in industry, maybe in months. That's fascinating. Do you yeah. see the AI adoption is faster? Yes, I think it's even faster than U.S. Right, in China? Yes, in yeah. China. You're a mentor of NeurIPS um, as well as an area chair. Can you share some of uh, what this responsibility entails? Okay. Well, let me first talk about the uh, area chair. Right. You know, in the past few years, the submission to the conference grows exponentially fast. Almost every year is 50% more submissions than the previous year. So review, reviewing all these papers is really a heavy burden. It's very difficult to review these papers. So I think uh, the area chair needs to handle the quality of the review process. See, uh, we, we need to make sure Good papers are selected right. to be accepted. We need to do a lot of work. We need to read every paper and see if the reviewers, they made <clears throat> right uh, recommendation, give the responsible comments. So I think this is the responsibility of an average chair. Right. And how do you, what type of criteria do you set then when you're assessing papers for submission? Yeah, I think contribution is the first. If there is 
novel ideas. There's good contributions to this field. Also, the presentation, writing, they are often important. Of course, that would be good for the audience to understand. Yeah. So you're an influential researcher for more than two decades and have attended many conferences um, globally. What would you say about the difference between the US, U.S. and China regarding research direction, business application, and of course the product commercialization? So these three areas. Okay. I think let, let's compare China and U.S. or Canada. I think uh, in China, just as I said, uh, if we have a, a technology, we uh, in China it's very quickly make it better and apply to business and uh, make money, right? right? Uh, so I think this is what China does better than, than U.S. and Europe. But uh, for foundational research, I mean studying fundamental problems in AI. I think U.S. and Canada, Europe, are better than, than China. So in China, currently, there are only a few people working on foundational problems in AI. But if, if China wants to become a, a very successful in AI, we, uh, we need to do foundational research as well as applications and engineering technology. Right. And when we think about the business application, we think about product commercialization. Yes. I know you've touched somewhat already about what you see in terms of the speed of adoption. How does it compare China to the U.S., though? Yeah, I, I think in China, this is uh, very quickly to become a commercial uh, adoption. Right. Um, do you see that people have any concerns around privacy, for example, as well? Or how does that compare between the U.S. and, and China? Yeah, yeah. There, there are, of course, there are privacy concerns. For example, for medical data. There are also uh, there are a lot of startup companies in China applying AI in medical analysis. There are privacy concerns. But the, I think the government of China they make policies very quickly. So in this situation, they make policies how to pro protect the privacy and encourage the companies doing business in this area. So actually there are quite, I, I think maybe dozens of startups working on the medical uh, analysis use AI technologies. So I believe in this area, China goes very fast. Uh, where do you expect the next major trends in AI and deep learning um, mm. in China and, and then globally as well? Mm. The major trends, I think, uh, one trend I can see clearly is to apply deep learning and general machine learning AI to various aspects of uh, industry. Currently, I think deep learning is mostly applied to uh, computer vision and uh, speech, natural language. But I think in many other disciplines, AI has power not uh, being applied yet. For example, 
communication, the communication companies I have talked to, and I think there are opportunities to using AI technology to improve their current uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Wang, the final question for you. What are you most interested to learn at Noritz this year? Actually, I, I see many uh, uh, young students, young faculties. They are very talented. I talk to them. I learn a lot from them. <laughs> I think this is uh, very amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. Leaders in AI is produced by Robin Lee a content platform and community empowering the next generation of AI leaders and entrepreneurs. Are you interested in learning more cutting-edge AI trends and inspiring business insights from renowned scientists, entrepreneurs, and investors? Subscribe to Leaders in AI podcast or visit our website, Robinly, R-O-B-I-N dot L-Y.